Good morning, everyone. We're glad to have you join us for this week's broadcast. We pray that today's message will be a blessing to you. We're going to continue our scripture and finish up the book of Ruth. We're in chapter 4 today, starting in verse number 1. The Bible says, Then went Boaz up to the gate and set him down there, and behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, Ho, such a one, turn aside here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. And he said unto the kinsmen, Naomi that is come again out of the country of Moab, selleth the parcel of land, which was our brother Emelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it besides thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also a Ruth, the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon the inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar my own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was the manner in the former time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing, for to confirm all things a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor, and this was a testimony in Israel. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee, so he dropped his shoe. And Boaz said unto the elders and unto the people, Ye are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Amalek's and all that was Chilion's and all that was Malon's of the hand of Naomi. The first thing I want you to see this morning is the reluctant redeemer. We see the nearer kinsman. If you remember in past few weeks, we've talked about how Ruth come back into the promised land with Naomi and how she found out about Boaz, how she reaped in his field and how she had to claim him as a redeemer. But first he said there was a kinsman nearer than him. And here he has, he's went and he's talked to him. He's offered the land. He's offered the opportunity to redeem Ruth to him. And we see the first part, the property, when he mentions the property, the nearer kinsman was willing. An investment in this property would increase his holdings. It would increase his prosperity. And he was willing to do that. But the wise Boaz had wisely mentioned this first, but then he brought up the person that is Ruth. And he was not interested in Ruth. He is interested in the property, but he wasn't interested in the person. The Pharisees were interested in the law and wealth, but not people. And this first redeemer, I believe, is a type of the law because I believe he was not lying when he said that he could not redeem he could not it would mar his inheritance i don't believe he had the money to redeem he might have perhaps been married perhaps he had offspring and any offspring by ruth would take away from what he had but nevertheless he did say that he could not do it he could not redeem in the law many people will try to say that they're keeping the law but the law cannot redeem you won't see anybody in heaven that said that they got there by keeping the law. What the law does, it condemns, it points to Christ. We've all been guilty. We have all fallen short of the law. And sin has a way of piling up as Adam sinned and Eve in the garden and their son sinned and so on and so forth as we 
all sin, the sin just kept piling up and piling up, and the sin that grew. Now, Adam, he might be a nearer kinsman. You might have a father, a grandfather, a mother, somebody that has trusted in the Lord, but somebody that would be a nearer kinsman, but they themselves cannot redeem. There's only one kinsman. There's only one that can redeem, and that is our nearer kinsman, the Lord Jesus Christ. This kinsman, I believe he wouldn't redeem her because she was a Moabite. She was born outside of God's people. Now, there was provisions to come into God's people, but I want you to know that Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as though one man's sin entered into the world and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. We too were outside of God's people. We too were lost. We had no hope, yet somebody had to redeem us. Somebody and we had to be bought and brought in to the family of God. We've seen the person, but we see the posterity. I want you to think about the future generations. Under the law, future generations got further from God, but grace brings future generations closer. Psalm 16, 6 says, the lines are falling into me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. Through Boaz's marriage to Ruth, we see the birth of Obed, the father of Jesse, the father of David. Remember, our Savior Jesus is called the son of David. Your faith leads to your children's faith, your grandchildren's, great-grandchildren's. We have a reason. We have a purpose to stay faithful. We can leave a goodly heritage. We can't save our offspring, but we can certainly point them to Christ. And I believe God is faithful. If we're faithful, I believe He is faithful to save our children. We have seen, we have seen the reluctant Redeemer, but I want to see the resolute Redeemer. Resolute is a firm determination to hear to a cause or a purpose. We often make New Year's resolutions. However, one in ten are actually kept. I'm glad our kinsman is more faithful than us. Verse number 9. We just read that. And Boaz said unto the elders, unto all the people, ye are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Amalek's and all that was Chelan's and Malan's of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess is the wife of man. I have I purchased to be my wife to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren and from the gate of his place. Ye are witnesses this day. See, Boaz, he was determined. He had fell in love with Ruth. He had desired her. He wanted to redeem her. I don't believe that he was worried about the property. I believe that he was taking the same risk that it would mar his property. It would mar his inheritance. But what did he do? He loved Ruth so much that he wanted to do it. But I want you to know determination wasn't enough. The kinsman redeemer had to meet the requirements. First of all, he had to be a near kinsman. God didn't become an angel to save angels. He became a man to save men. John one fourteen says, The Word was made flesh. I'm glad our Savior, our Savior, He come down. I can't explain it. I can't tell you exactly how He did it. I can't always understand it myself, but I'm glad I trust in faith that God himself put on a robe of flesh, and he come and he did what no man could do. He come to be a near 
kinsmen to you and to me to pay the price for our sins, to pay the price for our salvation. He had to be a near kinsman, but he had to be willing. This first, this nearer kinsman, he was not willing to mar his inheritance. He was not willing to take the risk, but thank God Boaz was willing. Thank God our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was willing. Ephesians 5, 2, And walk in love is Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Christ wasn't surprised when he came to him. He wasn't surprised about what they were going to do on the cross. It was prophesied in the Old Testament. He knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew in the garden when he prayed, prayed, Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass before me, but nevertheless thy will. He knew what that bitter cup held. He knew what he was going to have to do, but he looked down through the eons of time and he saw me, he saw you, he saw everybody that would accept him. He saw the world that was going to die and going to go to hell without his love, without his grace, without his mercy, without the price being paid. He saw all the ones in the Old Testament had trusted in him to come and to take care of the penalty of sin, just like Ruth trusted Boaz to go and to take care of the nearer kinsman and to come back and to marry her. Christ saw all that. And he was willing, he was willing to pay the price for me and for you. I want you to know he must be able. In Matthew 9, Jesus tells a man sick of the palsy, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. Then to prove he had the power to do so, he tells him, take up thy bed and walk. Mark 2, 7 says, who can forgive sins but God only? I'm glad. John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, just as Boaz was able to redeem Ruth, our Savior. I'm glad our near kinsman was able. He was willing. He had to be free himself. Boaz wasn't in debt, and neither was our Savior. Our Savior didn't have a sin debt. He was sinless. Boaz, he didn't owe on his property. He didn't have a mortgage to pay. He had the money to pay to redeem. He he was free of debt and our Savior. He was free of sin. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. If anybody tries to tell you that Christ sinned, well, they're, they're wrong. Wrong. My Bible says he was sinless. He was sin free. He never sinned. He never sinned. And that's why he was the perfect, the spotless, righteous lamb that was able to pay the price for me and you. He must have the price of redemption. Ephesians 1 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins, Hebrews 9.22. He must have the price of redemption, and I'm glad my God and my Savior has the price. He shed His precious blood, and there's a bank account filled with grace and mercy for anyone that comes to Him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want you to look, last of all, as we close the relationship with the Redeemer through the book of Ruth, we have witnessed Ruth's 
deepening relationship with Boaz in chapter 1, Ruth doesn't know Boaz exists. Naomi doesn't tell her at first, but thank God she gets over her bitterness and tells her of the kinsman. In chapter 2, Ruth is gleaning the fields of Boaz. Many Christians are content to just pick up the leftover blessings, to just pick up the handfuls of purpose, to pick up what have been dropped. But I'm glad that some Christians want to yield herself at the feet of Jesus. In chapter 3, Ruth yields herself at the feet of Boaz. Let's commit today to humble ourselves and serve Christ wholeheartedly, not just to give him what's left over, not just to pick up the leftovers, the little bit that falls, but let's make sure today that we have accepted him as our Savior. We are trusting in him completely for our salvation. And let's make sure that we are serving him wholeheartedly because chapter 4, Ruth is no longer a poor gleaner, but she is the bride of Boaz. All that belongs to Boaz belongs to her. We are joint heirs with Christ, our Savior. Won't you make that great commitment today to serve him? It may have looked like there was no hope, but because of her witness, her faithfulness to forsake all, to be one of God's become the bride and later in this chapter had a baby, a baby that was the father of Jesse, the father of David, and become a part of the lineage of our Savior. I think it's safe to say that she was blessed. And I believe it's safe to say today, if we forsake all, if we forsake all and we trust God, we trust our Savior and we serve Him wholeheartedly, I firmly will be blessed. We may not be blessed on this side. We may not see great riches, but I believe that we will lay up riches in heaven. And I can't wait to get to glory, but I hope as long as we're here, I hope as long as we're here, we can do the best we can to serve our Lord, our Savior, the one that died for us, that gave everything faithfully, faithfully. And I I pray this message has been a blessing to you. If you don't have a home church, we'd love to invite you to join us at Riverside Baptist Church, 871 Riverside Drive, Asheville, North Carolina. Sunday morning service starts at 11. We have Sunday school before that at 10. Wednesday night, prayer and Bible study at 7 o'clock. God bless.